0: Nutrafol, baby. <laughs> I have been wanting to review this documentary for, okay. I don't know, how, like for weeks, but there's been so much going on on this podcast, you know, Paul and Andrea Lopez were back after like, I mean, I was thinking about this. I mean, they, AJ left the show two years ago, this like August, basically around her birthday. So it had had to have been at least a year. I think they were on, um, we did something during like the pandemic when it was in full force, but They were back. I have not had a chance to review this documentary. If you haven't watched Netflix Untold, The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist, the story of Manti Teo, oh my God. It's a sign from Roadrunner, which I think I've mentioned like a hundred times on this podcast, which was the documentary about Anthony Bourdain. I mean, epic. Even if you're not an Anthony Bourdain star, I think... The explanation of suicide and how suicide is lots of times like just this spur of the moment, like sometimes unplanned, almost didn't mean to moment. Roadrunner is so good. This is actually probably second on my list of documentaries that I've watched recently on Netflix. If you're a Netflix subscriber, the untold. The girlfriend that didn't exist. So some backstory. I was super into this story because I was on The Kane Show. So I was a morning radio host when this broke. And I mean, much like everybody I think now in the press has apologized to Manti Teo after seeing this documentary. I mean, we were awful, too. Like we I think we perpetuated all the memes because at the time it was thought that he was in on making up this fake girlfriend. So let's backtrack. Like, if you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about, you're like, who the fuck is Manti Teo? I know. I'm not really like a sports person either. I'm a sports person when it crosses over to pop culture. That's when I get interested. So Manti Teo, like very well-known college athlete, college football player for Notre Dame, Samoan from Hawaii, right? Grows up very, very, very religious family. Um... You know, very like obedient kid always excels as an athlete, gets a full scholarship, goes to Notre Dame, has a huge year at Notre Dame. But then in 2012, this story begins to blow up where Manti Teow goes on national TV and he he's he's a Heisman Trophy nominee. So he's talking about kind of the road to the Heisman, like if he's going to win it. And Johnny Menzel, by the way, ends up winning that year. And a lot of people think it has to do with this story. So he, you know, he talks about he lost his grandmother. His grandmother passed away and also his girlfriend, right? So he he mentions this like in passing in an interview. So, of course, he's a beloved star. Everybody is like, oh, my God, you know, how is he going to play in this? Like it was some championship game or something. Anyway, he plays. I think they win. It was like for his grandmother and for Lanaya, who's his girlfriend, right? All right. Well, then we find out he actually never had met Lanaya ever. He'd spoken to her dozens and dozens of times over the course of like a year or something. Um, But he had never actually met her in person. And then Deadspin begins to uncover the story that Matai Teo is being catfished by this woman. Well, I believe she's trans now. So she's a woman now named Naya. Was a man then by this guy and and his name was Renaya um or sorry that's his name now so anyway he he's at the time a man he's the one behind this they end up tracing his because you know Renaya uh like he gets a Manti Te'o gets this message from a family member of Lanaya she's passed away. Oh my god, she loved you so much. She was like on her deathbed, she speaks to Manti Te'o on the phone. I mean, the dude thinks it's real, right? So, but the deadspin begins to looking into like, all right, well, where's the obituary? And where was the funeral? And why didn't he go? And And, of course, there is no funeral, right? There's no funeral. This Linaya is a real person. And this is, of course, back when, I mean, remember when Facebook was, like, huge? So 2012, I mean, Instagram's just starting and isn't owned by Facebook at this point. So, and even, like, long before the catfish show, right? I mean, Manti Teo was kind of ground zero for a person being catfished. Poor guy. What a fucking experiment. I mean, what an awful, like, what, like, what a terrible. I mean, this man deserves so many apologies. Oh my god, I apologize. I feel like we we replayed all the memes. We thought he was in on it. So, anyhow, Deadspin does all this journalism work, and they realize that that the Lanaya is a, a real person who's still alive, but she's had zero contact with Manti Teo. Like, she she ended up going to maybe like a middle school with him, so there was like a connection of a connection, but. Renaya, this you know woman, they're beginning to realize has a connection to both Manti Te'o because Renaya back in the day played football, was also like part Samoan anyway, and had used Lanaya's image, taken everything off Facebook, and had started to communicate. So and and had Man. used voice changing technology because I'll get to the part when Renaya goes on Dr. Phil and recreates the voice uses like a voice changer which we used to use back in the day on the radio show and and Legit calls Manti Teo. so he thinks it's real. So this story begins to blow up as he's going to the national championship as you know the Heisman trophy stuff is coming out. But of course like back in the day the tail end of the paparazzi frenzy of the Perez Hilton days of TMZ just popping off there's so much question around this story and of course like poor Manti Teo I mean when you see the documentary you can see how this young guy completely got swept up in it because he was you know I mean just such a good kid like athlete always listening to his parents like always kind of you know prepped to obey um, never did anything wrong, you know, took everybody at face value, very trusting and very insulated person because, I mean, you know, all he did was play football his entire life, right? So, anyhow, he, it begins to unfold in the press and there's a lot of question: Did he do it to himself to, you know, give him better chances of winning the Heisman Trophy, to gain empathy, right? Um, you know, why did he never meet this woman in real life, even though they were communicating for over a year? Um, how could he have, you know, never done any research? And he goes on like a Katie Couric talk show that she was doing at the time, drops the voice message, and you know, realizes like so so people are like, all right, well, yeah, I would believe that was a real person too. And oh, I think there was something about like there was one moment he was being interviewed, I think, where he'd already known he'd been contacted by Deadspin that this story was going to come out. And they were like, tell us about your girlfriend and kind of, you know, he's on national TV. So he just said, oh, she died, you know, but he knows this story is going to come out of her like that that it's fake right but like he said what was I gonna do in that moment well by the way uh you know thanks Jerry for asking me about the Heisman run um I actually just found out yesterday Lanai is totally fake you know I mean like in hindsight yes he should have because that would have killed Deadspin's entire story but it blew up it blew up and it blew up in a way that lo- made Manti Te'o look like he was in on it that he was the butt of the joke um And, you know, really, they just didn't have a great they didn't get out in front of it. They didn't have a good PR person. And a lot of people also thought he was faking it because he was gay. And he goes on talk show circuits and they ask him if he's gay in front of his parents, which, you know, now is like so irrelevant, right? But at the time was such a big deal. And that was a whole, you know, rumor and story thread that got going on Twitter. It was just it's so this documentary, you talk about a redemption, a redemption story about a guy who like really excelled. And I mean, how Manti Teo mentally kept it together and then goes on to play in the NFL is like fucking unbelievable. Because, of course, like everybody, all of us in the media, all these people are like circulating all these memes. Do you remember the Manti? This is this is a deep cut for people. But do you remember in 2012, 2013, the Manti out memes that would be like a guy with his arm around nothing and it would be like getting Manti out? Like I mean, it just was like everywhere. So, OK, he doesn't win the Heisman. Then the, the NFL draft is comes up. And he's supposed to be in the top 30. You know, his agents are saying you're going to be in the top 30. Anyway, the 30 come and go. He's not named. I think he was in the second or third day, like top 100 or something. Um, and essentially, this whole incident it costs him millions of dollars. But he does get drafted into the NFL. He plays eight seasons in the NFL. And the amazing part about this documentary, the untold, you know, the ex-girlfriend uh, that didn't exist... Is Manti Teo's in it And then Naya The woman Who was a guy At the time That was Catfishing Manti Teo Is in it too Telling her side Of the story It's Bananas Okay Hero breads Oh my gosh Chefs I'll tell you about Anti-Teo because it has such a great ending. The last 15 minutes of this documentary, I mean, get your tissues. It's about forgiveness. It's about, like, you know, uh, accepting that people didn't understand his story but still playing for the couple of people that supported him and weren't making a joke about him. Because, I mean, everywhere this guy went on the field, people would torment him, That he and he just kept rising above. I'm like... This, now that guy, that's a guy, everyone's a fucking motivational speaker, but like get Manti Teo out there. Like how do we get this man to mo- like motivationally speak to us? N- he never once saw himself as a victim. I mean, that's like epic. All right, let's go to Naya. Okay, so Naya's on the film. Oy I mean, when you think about what she did, creating a whole persona, creating fake voice messages, she never once went to jail. Like nothing happened to her. Now, I guess you could argue a lot happened to her. I mean, she's she lives in Seattle, Washington now. I mean, she's, like, completely trolled and hated on the Internet. Um, and she speaks about she was going through this gender identity crisis at the time, so she feels like she acted out this way by kind of targeting Manti Teo. They both were raised in similar situations, like football-focused families, very religious um, but the, I think, though, for me, the darkest moment, because I do think you have to be mentally not all there, is Naya in like 2014 or 2013, 2014, when this is blowing up, goes on Dr. Phil. And Dr. Phil goes, all right, you were creating these voice messages. How did you do it? And I mean, this is on camera. And Naya goes, well, I have to I have to be in a dark room. I have to be in the right setting. I have to get into character. And I'm like, all right fucking this is bananas i mean dr phil is like also on the documentary going this is she's like has some sort of personality disorder i mean this is crazy so she goes into this dark room on dr phil and then goes and then she becomes like she has this like feminine voice like hi man tayo i love you thank you for the note all this stuff and recreates the voice messages what the? i mean what in the world uh, it was bananas. But aside from basically being publicly shamed, no legal concept. There's like no I, – I guess I forget that you – if you're not like blackmailing someone, trying to extort them, which is the same thing. <coughs> I'm getting choked up. This, this documentary is so good. <coughs> like there's no crime that was committed even though you're you're on there faking something. Unbelievable moment at the end. So Manti Teo, I don't believe, I don't recall this from the documentary. I don't think Manti Teo, oh, Naya calls Manti Teo as this is exploding and says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm so ashamed. I can't believe I did this. But otherwise, okay. And and so- That's it, right? I mean, there's no consequences for Nia. Aside, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. There's been a lot probably. And they don't get into like Nia's family. I can't imagine Nia's family is proud of this whole incident. I give her a lot of credit for going on the documentary and telling her side of the story. And I mean, she seemed pretty self-aware on the documentary. Now, now, I mean, certainly like when this whole thing was happening and she goes on Dr. Phil, I mean, that was not exactly in a great light. But Manti Teo completely talks about how he's forgiven her. Like how he's forgiven her. He's worked through it. He's married now. He lives in San Diego. The last 15 minutes are so profound. I think just like a lesson in, I can't imagine being vilified on such a huge level as what Manti Teo went through. All the people like doubting him. And, um, and you know, it's, it's so interesting how, I guess, To for me looking at a lot of these incidents like Britney Spears right seeing seeing all the conservatorship you know but for years like I believed it no I mean Britney herself came out for years and said oh no I'm fine I'm fine I'm you know my dad's helping me so I mean I took that like face value you know but I do think it's interesting and we're becoming more self-aware that there's so many layers to a story, which is, which is difficult and also a good thing, right? Because it's – now you read things in the press and you're like, well, what do I really believe? You know, because you saw stories like this Manti Teo thing and the way they're put out, they're just completely interpreted a whole different way online, you know? This whole narrative that he was involved or he was doing it to cover up the fact that he was gay, which he's not, you know, it's like, oh, and and we all like believed that. Okay, well, like I did. All right. I'm not speaking for you guys. You guys were probably like, oh, fuck it. I knew Sarah from the start. This Manti Teo was fabulous. Only you, you bitch. You and thinking that Jamie Spears had the best of intentions for Britney, you see you. Anyway, you know what? Oh, fine. Blame it on me. Okay. It's taken me a long time to become media savvy. Um, Which, by the way, that whole Kevin Federline interview is like another thing, but I have not watched it. Um, He was just on 60 Minutes Australia. And there was so much back and forth over this interview. It was too mean to pose. And then it ended up dropping like last night. That's an aside. So it is Look, it's a documentary untold, um, The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist. It starts out super boring because they set up kind of who Manti Teo is. I could care less. I enjoy watching football. It's kind of like baseball. I like football on TV. I enjoy going to the stadium because I want like a, you know, fabulous craft beer. And I enjoy going to Yankee stadium for the, you know, $75 sushi. I mean, I like the high end live experience and I only like to stay a few innings and then I want to leave. I don't, I don't really give a fuck about sports. You know, Schman were here. Oh my God, believe me. He could recite stats from Manti Tao when he was at Notre Dame and he could, you know, tell you how many turf pellets were there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who likes sports that much. I, but again, but then again, I mean, if you quiz me on Housewives right now, I could probably win. So, tip for tap. But, so the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes are boring. I almost gave up. It's a two-part series. And then I watched and I was enthralled. Forgiveness. I mean, unbelievable pressure. Losing money. I'd be pissed. This, Manti Tao was on par to be making, I don't know, let's say $25 million a year. The dude probably made 10 or less for like years, like never got to his potential financially because of all the rumors about the story, because he didn't, he didn't even do anything wrong. The poor guy was like naive. That's what he did wrong, you know? And his parents were very religious and, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, he was away at Notre Dame and having a hard time because the weather sucked. We could all relate. And then he meets Lanaya, the fake girlfriend. Anyhow, unbelievable I have been dying to review it some other pop culture things that are trending like I mentioned about Kevin Federline I'm gonna try to I see where I can watch this I also want to but I have not watched it you know you've probably kept up to speed at this point Brittany is not speaking to her two sons it's so this is another story I've kind of backed out of because it's just like so many people are involved like her kids poor Brittany like I mean you know obviously Brittany hates her parents now, her sister. It's it's so, and it's just like, oh, it's so sad. Like there's so many people involved in lives impacted. Now, according to Jaden and Preston, her sons, they claim they're not in her life because she would never stop posting on social media. She wanted to post pictures of the kids, of the boys, because she wanted attention. They wanted to remain anonymous. They claim all the nude photos and everything that she posts and topless, she... Loves to be in the limelight. She loves the attention and she can't go without it and they just think no matter what, she is going to post. That's their hot take. Brittany accuses Kevin Federline of smoking weed all the time. I mean, can we see that? Yeah. Yeah, we can. We can. I mean, I believe that part of the story. Um, And she's hoping that in time her kids come around. I hope so too like but again it's so you know there's so many different layers to it I'm sure you guys know if you've ever been close to somebody who's gone through a custody battle I mean God the kids are so like dragged into it from both sides it's just such a mess so I I hope everything goes well and I I have to say I've kind of stopped following that story to be honest with you Um, and it's not because I was wrong you know but that's that's one that you can remind me of you know (laughs) I, I was like anti-free britney for you i was like fuck off you guys are idiots uh but turns out you guys weren't so there you go <laughs> you know like turns out joke's on me i'm the idiot that one's big and trending uh tiffany haddish ari spears the two comedians oh are you coming in oh you're oh you're not ready yet oh oh you're not ready for your close-up yeah okay shman Schman's getting his close-up ready um That story's bananas. I've only seen a snippet. If you're not familiar with that one, do a deep dive. Tiffany Haddish, by the way, spoke out. Um, Two children are saying they were groomed to do like basically a semi-pornographic comedy skit with Tiffany and Ari Spears for Funny or Die comedy back in the day. Now, Funny or Die said they looked at it, never even, I think it was up on the website, maybe two seconds, they pulled it. They never approved of it. They didn't like it. Um, And it's pretty disturbing, the clip that I've seen, like, they're, Ari Spears is playing the R. Kelly song and then basically this like kid is in his underwear it's very it's like um, I just feel like you know I'm doing a little bit of stand up and by no means am I on uh, any high level of comedy but I I get how comedians get carried away because they push boundaries that's sort of what we do and two I just feel like like the molestation jokes there's just such a fine line you know My two cents. But Tiffany Haddish came out and she basically said, look, it's an ongoing court case. I can't speak. As soon as I can, I'll tell you there's a lot more to this story. I'm disgusted at the video. I get what, you know, Ari and I were trying to make it funny. I see it wasn't, um, completely shouldn't have happened, but there's a lot more. And from what I've read from the stories, the lot, the, lot more is that supposedly this these two kids and their mom used to be very close with Tiffany Haddish and they wanted money. They didn't get money out of her. So now they're making this a big thing, suing her and trying to get more money out of she and Ari Spears. So, you know, isn't a money grab. I mean, we've also seen that, too can both parties be a little right sure we've seen that as well so anyway it's an interesting place in pop culture and um I, it sucks getting older and and having more maturity and hindsight on these stories because it just makes it harder to comment you know what i mean everything's in the gray now and i used to be so black and white and uh, i really had a, an opinion now i'm like mm, you know a little bit of this can be true a little bit of that can be true well who the fuck wants to hear that you know anyhow look love you guys um you can find and follow me more on tiktok at the sarah Fraser show bye everybody